<clears throat> we used to joke when we were going to school, the way they were going to uh, grade you, they would take your Bible and drop it on the table, and if it opened to Mark 11, you passed. If you did, if it didn't, you'd... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but it did. Yeah. We have been studying the, ba the basics of faith, and uh, the last couple of weeks we have been talking about how to turn your faith loose. <clears throat> and today we're going to look at uh, a positive confession. You know, you can... <clears throat> If you want something, you can get it. I mean, if you really want something, you know, if you're just kind of, yeah, well, it'd be nice to have it, I guess. Well, you probably won't ever get it. But uh, you can, if you personally want to make a change that will lead to something good, you can do it. I've watched people that, um, Christians, I'm sorry to say, you know, you expect this out of a sinner. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And so there's all kinds of trash that comes out of a sinner. But I've watched Christians, you know, they get frustrated about something and, uh, <clears throat> Boy, stuff starts spewing out, and I thought, good night. But you know, you can, you can uh, arrest yourself, and frustration comes, and you, you feel just so, you know, and, and I know some of you have experienced this. That frustration just gets so strong, you just want to... You know, you can stop yourself because you know what's going to happen if you let that out of your mouth. So, Mark 11, I was, I was uh, meditating on this one day <clears throat> and I saw something. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remember, saith unto him, Master, Behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. But literally, uh, you know, this was, this was translated, uh, it, it was finished being translated in 1611. Uh, this, this was translated during the... Uh, the Inquisition that was going on in Europe. And if uh, you did something that the hierarchy didn't agree with, it could cost you your life. <clears throat> Literally, this, said, this, is, this should read, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Jesus turns and he looks at the boys and he says, you know, Peter's saying, look, the fig tree you took, you sit, you, you cursed, you spoke negativisms. 
That's what curse means. He said, he turns and says to Jesus, the fig tree you cursed is withered away. And Jesus looks at them and he says, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. And he's saying, use. Use. I mean, just having it, you know, I've got stuff in my pockets and, and you know, you can pull it out and you can look at it and you think, oh, look, I have. But if you don't use, I have less now. <laughs> if you don't use it, what good is it? And so, he, you know, he turns and he says to them, have have the God kind of faith. And it hit me. When he said that, you know, these, these men had gone through their bar mitzvah already. The bar mitzvah, uh, a Jewish boy has to memorize the first five books of the Bible. The book. First five books. First book, first two chapters. What happens? God said, I was listening to Charles Capps this morning, and he, he said, God said, and then he saw. You know, we talk about how many times in, in Genesis 1, it, you, you find God said, eight, nine, ten times. But he also saw. He said it and saw it. Anyway, uh, so anyway, the disciples, when he said that to them, I, I, this, this thought hit me. When he said that, they saw, in, they saw what they had been, been taught. God said, God said, God said, God said. So Mark eleven twenty three. this is the King James. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say, saith, it's in there three times. But believe is only there once. You know, uh, let me let me back up. This is this is a, one of the rat, one of the rabbit trails. Um, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, "Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea," and shall not doubt in his heart. Now watch this. But shall believe that those things. Things, those things which he saith shall come to pass. He's not just talking about this present moment. I, I heard Gloria Copeland say one time, she spent 150 hours meditating on this and she said, I finally got it but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Yes. 
See, he's not just talking about speaking to this tree, but this is a part of life that we should be believing. You should, you should train yourself that whatever comes out of your mouth, you're, you're releasing faith in that. No, yeah, this, is, this is one of those things that nobody likes to hear, but I'm sorry, it is so. You have to develop. You have to develop in this. Every time you say something, are you releasing faith in it? If you're not, then you probably shouldn't say it. Anyway, wrestling run along. Brother Hagen would tell us, he said, uh, just, you know, when you get around to other people, just be quiet. Don't you do all the talking. Let them do the talking. And when you do, you, you can tell where they are spiritually. Out of the abundance of the heart. It's going to come out. You can always tell if a person is believing right or wrong by what they say. <clears throat> if their confession, if their confession is wrong, his believing's wrong. You know, every last one of you in here, you can change what you're believing. You determine that. This morning I, I was listening to um, something and they, this, this Andrea Mitchell, I think is her name. She is a, uh, uh, one of these people, I don't know if it's CNN, one of the major uh, networks. They were, she was talking about uh, what's going on in Israel. And I've seen two or three uh, videos on YouTube where they, they were taking you through the tunnels underneath the hospital and showing you the weapons, the explosives, all of the stuff that they had stockpiled under there. And he said, we just want, we just want people to know what's really happening instead of being told. Now... This woman, she came along, and I thought, how stupid. She was denying everything that he had said. She said, you know, we can't believe this. This is just, just what they're saying. I saw, saw two women. Uh, one was a Jew, and one was a reporter, and they were talking about it. And the reporter was giving a report of all the things that they had taken her to, through the tunnels and showing her. It's like, it's like uh, the, the uh, concentration camps never happened. The death of six million Jews never happened. You know, it's the same song, just a different age. <sighs> So anyway, you know, you can, you can believe what you, what you choose. You can, 
choose to believe what the, what the Word says, or you can listen to the devil. And the devil speaks through a lot of different mouths today. So if his confession is wrong, his believing is wrong. Just, you, know, you, you just have to listen. If his believing is wrong, his thinking is wrong. And if his thinking is wrong, it's because his mind hasn't been renewed with the Word of God. Now, I've never, never been able to understand how anybody can believe or, or could possibly think that he could get help from God apart from the Word. Let me see if I can find this real quick. <clears throat> Psalms 78. It says, How often did, did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the, de in the desert? Yea, they turned their back and tempted God and limited. That's not the one I was looking for, but this is the one I've been looking for the last few days. <clears throat> anyway, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Okay, let me, let me look again and see if I can come up with the other one. But their words limited God. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. I wasn't going to use this verse, but uh, anyway, it talks about God, God says, uh, I will not alter the things that have come out of my lips. So you can believe what he's saying. He's telling the truth. And he'll back it. <clears throat> and, it's, and, and what he... What he is looking to us do, to do is believe him on the basis of what he has said. God, 89. My covenant will I not break? Will not break nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. Think about that. He says, I will not alter what has come out of my lips. I hear people blaming God for sickness. No, 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 no. That's not what the Word says. Anyway, God moves in line with His Word. Um, you know, really, we should treat, treat His Word... Uh, with, with the same reverence that we would treat the Lord Jesus if he were here personally. Think about that. Because really, uh, in, it says in John, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then down in verse 14, it says that, uh, uh, and, and, and the Word was made flesh. So his, his, God, you know, people complain about these faith people. You know, they're, they're trying to make the word God. 
No, I'm not trying to. This, this is it. What the Word says. So, God has given us His Word to get our thinking straight. And if, if my thinking is not in line with the Word, then I want my, my, my thinking to be changed to get in line. Let me, let me uh, just throw something out here for you. <clears throat> I've got a translation in, the, uh, in my office that talks about, it's out of, out of the book of James, and uh, it talks about a person that is not teachable. A person that is not teachable. You know, a person that is not teachable, uh, they, they are stubborn, they're determined that they're going to have things their way, and you know how that works. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I, was, I grew up in a denomination that they taught, taught me a lot of things that they had been taught in seminary. And after I got filled with the Spirit, I began to go through the Scriptures, and I began to see things, and I thought, wait a minute. That's not what they told me. But I had, I had it in my hand now. I'm reading my Bible. And it's going contrary to what they taught me. And so now I have to make a decision. Am I going to continue along this line or am I going to take sides with God? So I had to do some, some changing. And I, I was surprised at how many things, uh, how much tradition and unbelief I have been taught. Yeah. I thought, and I didn't even have to get a hold of Brother Hagen's stuff to, to figure that one out. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, this isn't right. I, I need to take sides with God. Yeah. Confessing, confessing uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's, it is affirming something that we have believed. Right? The whole works... I mean, I'm sorry, God's works. God works through us by His Word as we speak, speak it forth. You know, as you go through, through the Psalms, uh, Isaiah, the New Testament, the epistles, and we, we see how God reacts to His Word you know, once you begin seeing that, you think, I need, I need to guard my mouth and let only what he has said about some things come out. I mean, that's, that's not a lightweight thing. It's important. God works through us by his word coming out of our mouth, out of, as we speak it forth. Jesus said, go teach. One of the last things he said to the disciples that right before he left, he said, go, go teach. We, we carry, now listen close, we carry the word. 
But if we don't give it out, okay, if we don't give it out, we won't accomplish anything and our prayers will be in vain. If, if somebody's lost, for example, you're wasting your time praying for God to save them if nobody's going to take the word to them. If we could just pray and get, get, get people saved that way, we wouldn't need to send missionaries out to preach the Word. We wouldn't need pastors to preach the Word. Pastors, teachers, evangelists. We would just pray all those heathen into heaven. The Holy Spirit and the Father work only in conjunction with the Word. Let me, let me give you an example. Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. Verse 15. And he said to them, Go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now that right there kills this idea that, you know, uh, people hear about healing, people hear about prosperity, and they say, well, that only works in the States. That's, that's an American gospel. You know, I've gone to a number of Bible schools overseas to teach, and... Uh, when I, when I opened the Bible, I said, who, you know, I'll come up to somebody, I'll pick out somebody, I said, whose Bible is that? This one's mine. You sure? Yes, you, sir. You, you read it? Read you understand it? it? Yes, sir. Then how can you say that that's an American gospel? Because you, you've got it in your Bible. So it's not an American thing. Verse six, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. <clears throat> in my name, in, if, if you go back and you uh, look at Look, look up that word name in your strongs. That, that name, can this, this particular word, N-A-M-E, can be translated authority. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my authority they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. You know, in each one of these, you could put, in my authority, they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Yes. 
So then after, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with... Now, if you, I have a, a King James here. And if you look at the word them, it's in italics. In other words, this was something that the translators added for clarity. Sometimes their clarification is um, more of a problem than what it should be. It says, uh, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. It doesn't say he worked with them. That's something that was added. So he works with the Word. So, you'll notice that the, word, the Lord confirmed the Word. He didn't, he didn't uh, do a thing until they preached the Word. Hello? You know, every one of you are commissioned. You don't have to be. You don't have to be released. You were released on the day you were born again. You were commissioned by the Lord Jesus as ambassadors to take the gospel. You know, an ambassador is someone from another place that is authorized to do things from the home country. You know, when you get a hold of that fact, you are authorized. You have an authorization <clears throat> behind you that, that <clears throat> see, how can I say this? An authoriz authorization that stands behind you and backs you when you use the word. Yes. Signs don't follow people. They follow the word. Giving out the word and signs will take care of themselves. You give out the word. See, you've got to have some confidence in what, what uh, the Father is saying, what Jesus is saying, what the Holy Spirit is speaking through the apostles that, that wrote the book. <clears throat> Brother Hagen, uh, the last church that he was in, uh, he, he said it was the best, you know, as you follow his life, listening to him, uh, those early days were, were tough. Yeah. And uh, he, he said uh, this church that he was in was the best church that they had ever pastored. He said uh, they 
treated us better. We had a better, better uh, parsonage. Thank you. Parsonage than any place they'd ever been. But he said, for some reason, I was not satisfied. I was not. There was just something inside. He wasn't content. And he said, you know, when, when that happens, he says, I go to the Lord. I said, what's the deal? Why, why am I not satisfied? He, he, would, he took time and he was, he was praying about some things. One of the things that he wasn't happy about, <coughs> excuse me, uh, he was, he was uh, reading through Mark, reading through Acts, and he was seeing the signs that were following. And um, he, was, he was telling us about, about a conversation that he was having with the Lord. And uh, he was concerned about the signs. Some people are really concerned about the signs and they're not concerned about the Word. You get concerned about the Word, the signs will show up. And the Lord told him, he, you know, he went and talked to the Lord, and he says, I'm just not, you know, we see people getting filled with the Spirit once in a while, and we see, you know, a little this and a little that, but it wasn't sufficient. And he said, the Lord told him, he says, if you'll preach the word, signs will follow. The Lord said, if signs aren't following then you're not preaching the word. And Brother Hagen, he said, that, that really startled him. He says, Lord, now you know me. I'm a stickler for the word. Mm -hmm. Lord told him, he says, check up on what, you've been, what you're preaching and see to it that you preach the word. You know, a lot of people preach, quote, they say they preach the word, but they're preaching tradition. They're preaching this and that. Mm -hmm. And Brother Hagin, the Lord told him, he says, check up on what you're, what you're preaching and see to it that you preach the word. So he said, I began to examine my sermons. He said, and to my amazement, I was preaching 60% of the word 60% of what he was preaching was the Word. 30% tradition. And 10% unbelief. You said, Kenneth Hagin? Yeah. He said, I started correcting the way I said things. And sometimes in the pulpit, I would stop and say, no, no. No, that's unbelief, folks. I take that back. You know, you embarrass yourself right in front of everybody in the pulpit, you'll correct yourself real quick. <clears throat> or, or then he would say, no, no, that's tradition. I'm not going to say that. Now, I'm going to say something, and, and you may not like it, but... Yeah, you'll heal up. 
Um, Church is a cooperation between the people, that's Ewan's, and the pastor and the Holy Spirit. A cooperation. Okay? I have have heard ministers say this. They would be, be preaching and people would say, but we've said it like that in, 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 in our full gospel circles. We've been saying things like that for over 30 years. And, and he comes along and he's saying something that uh, rubs the cat's fur the wrong way. I can tell who's got cats. You know... Uh, Benji, he doesn't do it so much, but I I do that to a cat. You know, you're supposed to rub the fur this way. Head's down here and the tail's this way, and you rub them like that. You start rubbing them this way, they're (laughs) they're not going to like that. That's what I mean. But, you know, if it's tradition or unbelief, God's not going to confirm that with signs. I don't care how much you've been praying, fasting. He's not going to confirm it if it's not his word. If people fail to receive the word, their, un- their unbelief will hinder the power of God from operating. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, well, you, who do you think you are? You can't hinder God from doing what he wants. Go with me over to Mark 11. No, no, Matthew 13. We'll start there, and then we'll go to Mark. Um, Mark thir- Matthew 13. <clears throat> and then we're going to go to Mark 6. Mark, Matthew 13. This is Jesus' coming, coming out uh, sermon. Matthew 13, 53. And it came to pass, pardon me, it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. Insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and, and, these mighties, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? And is not his, his mother called Mary and his brethren, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? <clears throat> Pardon me. And his sisters, are they not, not all with us? So there must have been... This is, a, this is a fairly good-sized family. I would say probably six to eight kids. <clears throat> whence, <clears throat> whence then hath this man all these things? Now, now listen to what, what he's saying. 
and his, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence hath this man all these things? So Jesus is speaking today. and He's rubbing the cat's fur the wrong way. And they were offended in him. It didn't say he offended them. They took offense. But Jesus said unto, unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. Save in his own country. And in his own house. And now notice, and he did not many mighty works. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Mark chapter 6. This is the same, same uh, account, only Mark sees it just a bit different and adds some things to it that Matthew didn't. In verse 1, And when he went out from thence, he came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. <clears throat> and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things. They knew he wasn't, he wasn't uh, trained by the in the synagogue. He wasn't trained for the ministry per se. And they couldn't figure out, where did he get this? Where is he getting this message? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? Now, for those of you that have been here when we talked about wisdom, that's the word Sophia, a hidden wisdom. Divine hidden wisdom. And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such, <clears throat> that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is, this, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and his brothers, James, jo Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could not, and he could there do no mighty works. Notice how, notice how this is worded. And he could there. Now remember, I said church is a cooperation between the people, the pastor, and the Holy Ghost. These people are not receiving the message. And because of their unbelief, because, you know, they could have said, you know, 
we recognize something in you. We receive what you're saying. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few, a few sick folk. I think it's uh, Vines, Expository Dictionary, said uh, that, that could be translated a few people with minor problems, minor ailments. Apparently, God was wanting to do some miracles there. He laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Un, non-belief. And he went around, and here's, here's, the, here's the, uh, the remedy for that. And he went around about the villages teaching. To be a successful, a successful Christian, you have to know who you are in Christ. Keep, keep beating on that drum. That is uh, an imperative thing for a believer. You need, you need to know. Not just me telling you, but you personally need to know it. Who you are, what you have, what you can do. When you know that and think in line with that, believe it, confess it, then there's no failure in you. Now last week I suggested that you go through the epistles and you find the scriptures, write them down, in him, in whom, and begin to confess those things. That is who, and then say, say this, that's who I am. That's what I have. That's, that's what I can do. And I tell you, you'll find your life will turn around. Now, here's something that is, that is common with people. They will say, uh, you know, I, I've read those scriptures and they just don't, they don't seem real to me. Um, Brother Hagen would, would say, say to them, have you confessed that it's so? See, if you're waiting to feel something, you're waiting to, to whatever then you're going to be waiting a long time. But when you start confessing, that is so. There was a woman that, that uh, came to Brother Hagen, and he, she said, yes, but, but it, isn't, it isn't so in my life. And, and he said to her, well, God said it's so. Yes, yes, I know, but it's not. Brother Hagin says, well, either God's lying about it or you are. God said it's so, and then you say it's not. You're, you're looking God right in the face, so to speak, and you're, you're saying to God, you're a liar. 
Your word isn't so in me. You say, Pastor, you're off the track here. No, we're talking faith. You say it's a lie, and it isn't so. Brother Hagin said, said, start confessing it so because the Bible says it's so. This woman was, she walked off mumbling to herself, yes, but I know it's not. See, this is one of those people that's not teachable. You're, you're, this, this person uh, was just determined she's going to have it her way. Well, then you'll have it your way, and it won't taste good. You know, you watch, you watch people like that. Just, just, I'm telling you, do it. Just watch people like that. And you'll find that they never walk in victory. They're sour all the time. Nothing seems to work for them. They're sick, defeated, broke, and grumpy. Very grumpy. There's some people that won't, uh, they won't accept it, accept it as so even when it happens. You know, it, it's, it's believing, okay? It's believing, it's thinking in line with God's Word, confessing, talking, saying, affirming, witnessing to what God says that counts. That's what puts you over. Anyway, anyway, go with me to Colossians chapter 1. You know, when you're going through the, through the epistles, there are, there are scriptures uh, that don't have. Okay, we talked about what to look for. But there are scriptures that don't have in him, in whom, in Christ, in them, yet, yet they infer something that we have in him. Colossians 1.13 Who hath delivered us hath. H-A-T-H. Now, I'm going to ask my... I'm, I'm going to talk to my grammar teacher here. What is hath? You know, when we first got married, I, I had written out something, and I wanted her to go through it and see if I could word it differently. And I got this piece of paper back, and it looked like a bloodbath. Somehow or another, she got a red pen, and she corrected everything. And the, ah, oh, that was the last time I did that. Who hath delivered? All I asked was, what is hath? Yes, yes. 
See, this is what I get. I ask for English, and she gives me this. Hath is past tense. Who hath delivered. He has delivered. Okay? It's already done. Has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us. Has. Has. This is the King James, so cut me some slack. Has translated. Think about that. Has translated us into the kingdom. Paul is writing to believers. This is already done. You know, the first time I, I came across this, I was laying across my bunk bed in the barracks, and I was reading that, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I thought, you know, like the woman that said, it just didn't seem like it was so. And so I, I, I said, well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to use my imagination. Who has delivered me from the authority of darkness. It's already done. I am delivered from him. He doesn't have any power over me any longer. And I started just, you know, seeing myself. I'm delivered from that. I am now delivered. I'm, it's done. I'm telling you, I got excited. I am delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Woo! And then it goes on and it gets even gooder. And hath, hath again translated us, me, into the kingdom of his dear son. So I have changed neighborhoods. I've left the kingdom of darkness and now I've moved uptown to the kingdom of his dear son. Therefore, he has no right to trespass in, in that area and do anything. Because I'm already delivered. I belong to somebody else now. You know that old woman that was saying, well, it's just not so to me. Brother Hagin should have asked her, well, are you saved? Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Well, is it so in you? Well, it would be funny to ask, is it so in you now? In him we are delivered from the authority of darkness. And the word who in this scripture refers to God. Now, you know, people, people say, well, you know, I just feel like God doesn't, doesn't, God doesn't love me anymore. You know, if you read that scripture and you can say that, you need a whipping. A whipping. My mother would make me go out the back door and right on the right next to the 
to the back door porch, there was a persimmon bush. And uh, if I came back in the house with a, with a little switch, she'd go out and rip half the tree off, you know. She'd go. Oh, I'm telling you. Woo. You need a whipping if you can say that. 1 John 4, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. <clears throat> you are of God. You are born of God, little children. And have, present tense, you got it. Have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you, present tense, than he that's in the world. Present tense, continuous. I don't know if that's proper, but I like it. <laughs> you know, if you start putting that in your mouth, that will, that'll do a job on your attitude. Whew. Now, uh, go with me over to Isaiah 41. This is the Old Testament counterpart to this, to this verse. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me give you another one of those. I'm going I'm to send you home shouting today. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6. 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Now, get that. You are the temple of the living God. As God, now watch this. I, if you don't have this in the King James, you can make a notation in the margin and, and make this correction. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Now, the other translations, the New King James says, uh, with. But I like this, in. You know, my wife walks not quite as fast as I do, and she's kind of, she's back there somewhere. And she, yeah. says, she says, you know, I'm not a Muslim wife. <laughs> Slow down. When I wear heels. When she wears. <laughs> you know. Somebody can be with you, but they're not in you. Yeah. In is closer to me than with, yeah. in my opinion. Okay? As God has said. Now notice who, who is the authority speaking here. I will dwell in them and walk in them. 
and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You go get in the car. Tell your wife, scoot over a little bit. God's in here with me. Okay, Romans 8.31. What then shall we say, say to these things? If Notice, he's saying this, you need to speak to these things. If God is for me, who can be against me? You certainly can't. You're defeated. This, this is the best reason in the world not to be afraid. Because He's with us and He's in us. Okay? So let me ask, ask this. Can you really believe that He is with you and still be afraid? No, no, not if you really believe that. Can you really believe that he is in you and still be afraid? If you're afraid, it's because you're doubting him. You're doubting him, not me, you're doubting him. Yeah, but you just don't understand. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so weak. Well, God says... I will strengthen you. See, this person that's in unbelief, they're talking, they're talking feelings, they're talking... God only knows what they're talking. But he, God says, I will, I will strengthen you. Yeah, but you just don't understand. I, I, I feel so helpless. I feel, I feel. I love to go into the counseling room with my wife with a new person and they say, I feel, I feel, I feel. After a few of those, I feel. <laughs> you just don't understand. I feel so helpless. Well, God says, I'll help you. You know, thank God we've already got the answers. Fear thou not, for I am with you. Our confession is, I will not fear, for God is with me. Instead of saying how impossible things look, say, say God is in me now. You know, uh, I, I hate it when my wife tells this story, but when we first got married, we were in this little hobo hut, and uh, she was having problems in her kidneys. She said, come and pray for me. I prayed for her, and she said, well, pray again. It still hurts. <laughs> I wasn't very gracious. I didn't answer very kindly. Anyway, um, so she, she, I think she called me back in there again after a while and said, okay, I'm ready to receive. And I don't even remember. I, 
after I asked you to pray for me the second time, you said, don't ask me to pray again for you until you're ready to receive. Right words, but I didn't say it very nice. Anyway, so I prayed for her again, and, and you know, you can, you can feel, say, I, I feel so helpless, or I feel so weak, or I feel this. I feel. But if you're in faith, what do you do? You get up and act. You put corresponding actions. She got up and went and fixed supper. And I don't know when, but somewhere in her cooking, she said, you know, all the pain's gone. So you're going to have to put some corresponding actions with what you feel. If you're feeling contrary to what the Word says, you need to talk to it and start doing something. So I don't care how I feel. The Word says. And tell it, tell it what the Word says. There is no faith without confession. Confession is faith's way Okay? Faith's way of expressing itself. Faith is of the spirit, of the heart. And there's no faith without confession. So faith then grows with your confession. Faith grows with your confession. Faith grows with your confession. If there's no confession, your faith isn't going to grow. Your faith will never grow further than your confession. If I stop right there and I said, okay, that's... And you remember that one thing. Faith grows with your confession. If you, if you're, you don't make a confession... Your faith isn't going to grow. Okay, last thing we're we're going to close. You may be maybe it'll beat the Baptist down to the, to McDonald's. Second, <coughs> the confession of the believer does several things. First of all, it locates you. Secondly, it fixes the landmarks of your life. You don't receive beyond what you say. If you say you can't, you can't. You say I can. I was I was a new minister. I was green as grass. <clears throat> And the uh, first funeral I did, and we hadn't been here too long, was a suicide. Oh, dear God. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to, to do the funeral for a, an older person that has died and has walked with the Lord for a long time. That's one thing. But when, <clears throat> but when you have somebody that commits suicide and they've got three little ones, three or four, Four. Anyway, <clears throat> and 
then you've got to, oh my goodness. And on top of that, when went, first time I went down to the, to the farm, I got through talking to them, got in the car, drove up to the stop sign to take the turn to come back into Dodge, and I stopped and I thought, there's something in here with me. Yeah. It was a spirit had gotten in there, in the car, and it was going to go home with me. Yeah. That spirit of suicide got in the car, and I told it to get out. Yeah. And I went on home. So later on, I think, I don't remember, it was that day, Lydia came back with me. <clears throat> same, same procedure, we got to the stop sign again. I said, now, tell me, what do you sense in here? She says, there's a spirit in here. We got rid of it. You're not coming home with me, bless God. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, at the close of the service, I see these, all these little kids. Mom is the last one in there, in there, and the coffin was open. I learned learn from my mistakes, but I learned quick. <clears throat> Don't have an open coffin. So she says to the children, little kids, she says, you want to come and say goodbye to Daddy one last time? And they're looking in, in the coffin. Uh, and I, after that, I started saying, I hate doing funerals. I don't like doing funerals. I hate them. And I started saying it. That was my confession. And I struggled with funerals. After that, I struggled with funerals. Oh, dear God. And every time we'd do a funeral, same confession. And one day, the Lord showed me, you're having a struggle with this stuff because you're saying it. I thought, you stupid thing. How can you not, how did you miss that? And I, I repented and I changed it. And that, that uh, fear is not there. I still don't like it, but it's, it's, that fear is not there. Your confession sets the, sets the landmarks in your life. If you want to be pinned up in a little four by four, make it make it comfortable for you. But it'll be four by four. The reason that the majority of Christians are weak, even though they're they're earnest, they're sincere, is is that they have never dared never dared to make a confession of what they are in Christ. You ready to go, honey? Go start the car. How do you do this? Well, first, first you have to realize how God looks at you and how he, how he uh, thinks of you and then start confessing it. You know, those scriptures that we just looked at, if you meditate on those, you see his love in there. 
You can't say that he doesn't care. He, he's not interested in you. Because those things say, I am interested in you. Look what I've done for you. Boldly confess what the Word declares you are in Christ. And as you, as you begin doing that, faith will begin climbing. It'll, be, it'll start growing. The reason faith is held in bondage is, is that you've never dared to confess what God says about you. You know, they, they used to call uh, Wesleyans, John Wesley started the, West, the Methodist Church. And he was, his, his people were known as confessors. Because every week he would lead them in a confession of things. And I, you know, I can remember my mother used to, she would talk about uh, the Methodist. This was back when they were alive. She said they would, they would hop over pews. They were, they were pew jumpers. They'd get excited. They'd get so thrilled with their confessions. It was, it was working in them. Obviously, that's been done away with. So, let's all stand. You know, when you have sat and heard unbelief and then you start going through the scriptures and you see what that says about you and you hear my voice in your ear saying, you need to make a confession about that, that that's who you are, that's what you can do. Starts, you know, when you, when you start seeing that in the word and that unbelief comes back to your thinking of what you've been taught somewhere else, you have a choice. Am I going to move ahead or am I going to stay in this hole? The choice is yours. And I don't, I, don't, I don't like saying it like that. The choice is yours. Make the choice and do it. Amen? Father, we bless you this morning. We give you glory for what your word says we are. What we can do, what we have, it's all because of you. And we are so proud to call you Father. And as your children, we want to make these confession ours. That our faith will rise up. We will show people in the, who you are, what you are to us. We just thank you right now for the spirit of truth living in us and helping us with this. We glorify you, Father. In Jesus' name.
really quickly, but we're going to let the Word of God confirm. Amen? You don't, don't have to. We don't want to embarrass anyone. But listen to this, and you'll know. Um, I, I was standing over there, just, and, the, and the Lord showed me there's some people here that have been discouraged. It's like you've had something on you that you want to get rid of. Um, something not right. I'm not saying, like as he was saying, a spirit of suicide, but something just doesn't belong to you. You know it's not right. And so we're going to take authority over that. So I, I, the Lord wants you to just get in faith right now. Amen. Because we're going to take authority over that. It's going to leave you. It's not going to go back to the car with you. It's not going to go back home with you. And it's not going to stay here. It's not going to eat lunch with you. It's not going to go to bed with you tonight. Amen. And it's not, it's not going to get up with you next morning. Amen. No defeat. Amen. So, so we take authority in the name of Jesus, Lord. You brought that up. And Lord, there, there's some that have been carrying burdens just because, and they've not been aware that that has been a spirit. There's a victory on the other side that belongs to them and they, it belongs to them right now. And so we take authority over those evil spirits sent from the enemy to harass them. And we command you in the name of Jesus, you lose the people. We bound you and, and we, we deny you the right and the authority to continue to do what you've been doing in their lives in Jesus' name. So you get off of their mind. You get off of their feelings right now in the name of Jesus. You get off of them and lose them and let them go right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah it's done so you just lift up your hands glory to God we're not looking at you lift up your hands I mean everybody everybody do that even if this did not apply to you we've been called to lift up other people's hands amen so we lift up those hands and you're free in the name of Jesus, just as if Jesus himself were in front of you and told you, be free. You're free in Jesus' name. Glory to God. No more of that. No more oppression. No more shame. No more guilt. In the name of Jesus. Only joy. Glory. Hallelujah. I want you to say this with me. I have a freedom. I have a freedom. Like I've never known before. Like I've never known before. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I am free. I'm free. I walk free. I walk free. And I can talk in Jesus. And I can talk in Jesus. Amen. 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 
Amen. You know, even if what, like she said, even what she was saying didn't apply to you, that last part can. Yeah. I have a new freedom that I've never experienced before, and I am enjoying it. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Well, turn and greet someone around you and tell them, I am free. I am free.